Al Jazeera podcast. Al Jazeera journalist Madam Humaid lives in Gaza. On Saturday, her home was hit in an Israeli airstrike. Israel launched another airstrike on Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has asked Gazans who are under Israel's land, air and sea blockade to, quote, leave the territory now. She lives in an apartment building in Gaza with her husband, her eight-year-old daughter and her infant son. Actually, I was expecting that one day this place will, uh, would be bombed. When Hamas broke through Israel's fence, everything changed. We are standing in all that's left of an Israeli police station that was overrun by Hamas gunmen. There was a 20-hour gun battle here, and all morning we have seen as bodies have been pulled out of the rubble. She knew the Israeli military would retaliate quickly. But I didn't expect that they would target uh, or bomb the place from the first night. Later that day, her fears came true. Israeli airstrikes hit her home. So from early morning hours, I decided with my husband to leave the home. As Israel's assault on Gaza ramps up and the death toll rises, we hear from Madam about what it's like to be in the Gaza Strip right now. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. It wasn't easy to get a hold of Madame. The internet connection is up and down, and airstrikes continue. But we had a few moments of clear signal to chat with her on Monday. She was at her parents' house in northern Gaza after her house was hit in those first Israeli airstrikes. So, Madame Houed, we want to thank you for finding the time to speak with us today. We know that you're going through a really difficult time right now. Um, tell our listeners, what's your connection with Gaza? Gaza is my heart. Uh, it's uh, the place where I was born, I raised up. Um, this is uh, the place where my people exist and uh, my, my family, my future and it's beyond only a, a homeland. It's uh, an issue and it's a presence uh, for myself and uh, for uh, the young generation in, uh, in the Gaza Strip. People here deserve deserves to, to, to live a better life. So, Madam, you have been sending us voice notes since Saturday's Hamas incursion into Israel. And in one of them, you said that you were expecting your home to be bombed one day. I don't think many listeners can imagine what that must feel like to have an almost certainty that the place you live will one day just no longer exist. And then sadly for you, that came true in an Israeli airstrike later on Saturday. First of all, I am so, so sorry. And on behalf of the Take team, we send our condolences. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing well, al- yani, alhamdulillah. Uh, actually, I bought my apartment uh, a year and a half ago. And it's located in a beautiful place in, in the uh, central area of the Gaza city. 
uh, it has a good overlooking it's a calm area and uh, you know it was it was very nice and we didn't finish the installments actually we are so we are still paying oh. but we used that uh, we used to, to to see Israeli airplanes targeting um, several areas in the Gaza Strip and several locations ministries and other places that led by Hamas we in the Gaza Strip, we, we, we live under the control of Hamas. This is the authority here. It's about the how life is, you know, how the how the life goes here. Um, so I discovered that we live in front of uh, the Hamas Bureau. Um, okay, so if you can hear the attacks are just very violent. Um, what, are you, what are you hearing? Yeah. Let's pause there. What are, what are you hearing? Um, the sound of bombings. Does it rattle the windows? How do? What does it feel like when that happens? Uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, I cannot describe. It. They they are just very loud, and you cannot you cannot get used with them. The the, the home is totally shaking, um, and the heart beat beats like quickly and quickly. Just they they are just beyond uh, beyond imagination. Actually, very loud. On some of the voice memos Madame sent us over the course of the weekend, she talks about the airstrikes landing as she tries to do her job. Um, actually, I, as I left the office, uh, you know, after this evening, there was warning to a near a building, uh, which is the Palestine Tower. It was leveled down to to the ground. And like many families were displaced of their homes. And as she's telling that story, the there's another strike. Moments like you are just putting. And as you can hear, uh, the home now is shaking and uh, the explosions, the bombings are everywhere. And Madame could hear them during our interview, too. She's constantly trying to discern where the next strike might hit. I was just following the news and I, I saw that they uh, warned the Islamic University, central the Gaza area, to be bombed and the people there are evacuating. So I'm expecting that this bomb was uh, near the Islamic University. And they, they being the Israeli military? Yeah, in, in general, Israeli military call, someone looked, the area, someone lives in the area, and tell him that you need to evacuate your place and you need to inform your neighbors and the people around you. So he takes that responsibility to tell all the people living in the neighborhood, uh, including, you know, the place that would be bombed. And um, they they usually or they often give, uh, give a time Sometimes it's less than five minutes, sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's two hours to let the people evacuate. So that brings us back to the story you were telling. Did you have warning that your apartment building was going to be bombed? Yeah, let, let us continue uh, the story. Uh, actually, this, this I discovered after I bought the apartment, I discovered that we are living near uh, a Hamas location. My bedroom was overlooking uh, the bureau. It's not a military site. It's just, you know, a bureau with offices. And, you know, I, I know that this could be a target one day. You are talking about the Gaza Strip, which is 
a, t- a densely populated area. It's full of people everywhere. There are no spaces between buildings. So when they target any place, the whole, whole neighborhood. At this moment, we start to lose Madame as the internet connection weakens. Uh, would be a, uh, Madame, if you can hear me. I'm going to pause you there because I'm reminded that the internet connection um, is not the best given the circumstances, and we may lose it. I don't know if you can hear me. You might be frozen. I might be frozen. After the break, Madam returns. On the Inside Story podcast, we're discussing the implications of the all-out war declared by Israel in Gaza. The Strip is now under total Israeli siege. So what's next and can the war spill over to the region? Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So, Madam, you were saying it's densely populated. Um, I think we got the gist of that. But I want to move on now to where you are and if you're safe, because... Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has declared war on Gaza. The Israeli Defense Forces will immediately use all its strength to destroy Hamas's capabilities. We will destroy them and take mighty vengeance for this black day that they have forced on the state of Israel and its citizens. And you your husband and your two kids um, now do not have the home that you were living in. You're staying with your parents in Gaza now, right? How safe is that? And are you prepared for what could be a very long war? Yeah, uh, actually since the first day of the attack, when we, uh, when we, when we woke up um, hearing the sounds of rockets fired from the Gaza Strip, I was very surprised actually that we we who began uh, the, this attack, and then I, from the, the you know the, from the general atmosphere, I realized that this is Hamas. Uh, so I'm expecting that Israeli war, war planes will respond back against Hamas. So I took the initiative and uh, from the beginning and packed my luggage, and my family also is not safe again. Uh, I'm, I'm saying, but uh, we just you know uh, tried to to jump from an area to another, to a safer, to another. But it's about shifting the places. I'm not sure if you're hearing these sounds, but... No, yeah, no, I can't. What happens for your kids when they hear those sounds? Because you have young kids, if I remember correctly. Actually, I feel so sorry about my two months kid. Um, I, I, he, he's just shaking every day um, out of these sounds. He wakes up crying and in the middle of the night and every now and then when he hears something, he shakes, he trembles and he's just crying, crying. Just days before the airstrike hit her home, Madame's family was celebrating a wedding. Her brother had just gotten married. It was a total shift for, for, for us as a family who, who were just one day 
we were celebrating, we were dancing, we were wearing the best clothes and we were having like the, the, the best party and special days of our family. And then just one day after everything turned up, upside down um, and I, I could think. But before she could finish the story, the airstrike started again. She tried to keep going. My, my my place was one of the first targets that had been targeted in Gaza. Oh. Just, I'm so sorry. Do you still feel safe to continue this interview? Because, of course, this is not the priority. Yeah. But no, we, we need to continue, actually. Um, so... That was an airstrike? Yeah, a, a violent airstrike. A violent I'm sorry, madam. Um, so, what we were saying. Madam told us she feels lucky in comparison to neighbors who have lost even more than she has. So sometimes we, I, I labeled myself as, okay, I'm lucky this guy, uh, I'm, I'm luckier than this, this guy. Because comparing to other places, comparing to the to the people who fully lost lost their houses and uh, have their homes fully destroyed, um, you feel okay. Um, Alhamdulillah, like I thanks God. So you were born and raised in a refugee camp in Gaza. Um, your family is originally from Ashdod, about 50 kilometers north, and you told us that story in a previous episode of The Take. They lost their home in 1948 there, when Israel was created. So as a refugee, what did it feel like to see Palestinians break the blockade on Saturday? Um, for me, I will, I will be very frank about this point. This is the first time to to feel that this is the just or today, you know, that day I felt that this is the, the just solution for us. And I felt that we are not victims anymore for the first time. Um, and uh, we were breaking uh, the siege and the blockade with our own hands. No one else uh, helped us in doing this. Uh, we waited for 17 years located and uh, trapped in misery under the poverty with the endless problems and sufferings in, inside the Gaza Strip. And that this was the first time uh, to see us leaving everything behind us, leaving the international opinion behind our backs and going uh, into these territories and breaking the siege and the fence uh, that we are subjected under its restrictions since ages. So when I saw uh, those fighters and those people resisting, the first idea came to us that we need, this is our right. This is our right to, to resist the occupation and to... Uh... And that was it. We lost the internet connection with Madam for the last time. We did get her on her cell phone briefly. You know, sometimes, but a she told us more Israeli strikes hit the telecommunications company in Gaza, causing the internet to drop. She and her family are safe for now.
And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Siri Al-Khalili with Sonia Bagat, Khaled Sultan, David Enders, Amy Walters, Chloe K. Lee, Miranda Lynn, Ashish Malhotra, Berenice Campana, Zaina Bazar, and me, Malika Bilal. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Nay Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.